0: Welcome to our actual first podcast. Well done for making it. Let us continue. This is an early edition of Wednesday Wisdom. Why is that? Well, there are a lot of things going on, and so Wednesday Wisdom has moved for this week to Tuesday. For you guys in the US, it's probably Monday. But that's okay, because you, by the time you reach Tuesday, can listen to past GabSmack talk to you about Wednesday. This podcast of Wednesday Wisdom is focusing specifically on suicide, but it is quite interesting the amount of extra variables which we will touch on, which are related, many of which that perhaps the neurotypical, or let's say someone not touched tragically by this issue directly may not realize are not only related, but are direct predecessors and ultimately bring us to the consequence of suicide or the attempts themselves. This podcast is brought to you by me, bitches. No, it is not brought to you by Pompous. Of course not. You bring it to me. It is on the fly, believe it or not. And, not only that, there is no script. Which, of course, is the same thing, Gapsmecht. Pompous, why do you come just to troll me? I come here to annoy you. 'Cause you're annoying, pompous. Damn you, eagle! Guys, let's uh, let's get on to it. No worries, Gabs. You whatever. Hey, Gabs, are we back. Hey, eagle, yeah, we're back. Whatever, pompous. We're not back. Just go away somewhere. What? Where's my ice cream? Yeah, it's coming, my friend. Give it to me, and I'll go. All right, guys. We'll be back in a sec with Boss Briggs. I'm just gonna go make some ice cream for Pompus. Come on, Gibbs. Me. I'm coming, man. Hey, Boss Briggs is on the line. Hey, hello, hey. my dear. Good to see you. Good to hear from you. How are you going? Uh, go. Yeah, well, not scope. We're on our p- podcast. Oh, Eagles here. Yeah, yes, yeah, oh. right I'm here. Yeah, Pompus has gone inside to have some ice cream. Yeah, so Pompus has gone inside. <laughs> I can hear you, bitches. Oh There's yeah, you know. he can still hear us. Hey, boss Briggs, darling. It's good to see a fellow American. You know, I've been hey, here America. in Australia for America. a while. America. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, would you like to? uh Ask about some Wednesday wisdom. I was just updating all of our future listeners. Once this goes live to everywhere, about how it yeah. can uh, chip away at your life uh, until slowly but surely, even parts of your body feel that they are foreign to you, and it sort of creeps all the way right. inwards. Um, what? Yeah. yeah, I was actually telling the doc today that uh, at sixteen, uh, when uh, when the the very close suicide attempt happened. And I stepped uh, away from the bus smacking me about an inch before it actually reached my destination. Um, that was, it took eight years or nine years from that point to reach the point where I actually really did the final suicide. Right. And so it takes a huge amount of years just to move that one inch closer to death.
1: And, and yeah,
0: keep going. Okay, no, keep going, Gabs. Don't stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey.
1: I'm hearing. I'm hearing feedback on on when I talk. I can hear it again. I don't know if that's from your earphones or.
0: Damn that feedback! All right, hold on a sec. Hey, hey, you don't hear anything, and you're not deaf. Fantastic. That means feedback is gone. <laughs> Excellent news. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I do. Some people are going to get offended. Oh, he's he's laughing and joking on a scope about suicide. Well, my friends, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I have been there, and uh, I'm talking to those who care. And we do have to laugh because life, honestly, is a tragedy with sprinkles of humor here and there. What are you going to do? Anywho, so Boss Briggs, by the way, guys, gets very shy for some reason whenever we're on podcasts and scopes. So even if she's not talking, just yes. imagine that she's talking in spirit. How's that? <laughs> because i i'm more comfortable with structure and you are comfortable with no structure so i'm adjusting you know my style here okay cool well let me add some structure boss briggs we are talking about wednesday wisdom and we were talking about wednesday wisdom about about suicide does that help i'm sorry
1: oh yeah (laughs) that's world's different
0: oh look at that man there you see everybody you heard it here first it's the world of difference (laughs) So, if anyone doesn't know Boss Briggs, uh, she is one of my best Patreons. She's got her own channel on Periscope, periscope.tv forward slash what? Is it Jennifer Briggs or Boss Briggs? It is Jennifer Briggs. I haven't gone with the Boss route yet. Yeah, Jennifer Briggs. Okay, you'll find out she's a uh, pretty blonde, um, but she's actually, don't be fooled by the stereotype, she's highly gifted, highly intelligent, and she spends a lot of time uh, teaching young children, and so, of course, you can't... Be one a great at that without having a lot of empathy. So either she has a lot of empathy or she shit at her job. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, everyone. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Okay, so can you, what, were the, what were the topics that you talked about in, uh, in Wednesday? What's the- All right, so the main topic we spoke about was suicide. And what I was explaining to the doc was stuff that he already knew, of course, but I told him that the suicide actually took 22 years in the making. And it starts, now that I have the ability to look back, it started at the age of three that I can definitely remember. And by, but by the age of 12 was when uh, I, I was I started to realize that I could equate whatever that horrific feeling was with the desire to escape this world. And that's where officially suicide came into being as an option. Right.
1: Because you, you didn't have any other way out in, in your mind at
0: that time. Exactly and then from the age of 12 up until 25 was a constant battle for i mean what 13 years of trying to find hope despite all of the reasons to live being decimated piece by piece day by day right and what i'm what i was just saying to our listeners is that even at 16 when i was desperate to leave and i even tried to stand in front of that bus there was uh what was i going to say uh you know th- i was i was an inch away from death and to get from that point to the official suicide, where I would have died apart from my dad finding my body, that took another nine years. Right. And so, so it's, it's, it's... a slow process. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a slow process. And it's not one that just happens within a week or a month or, you know, people say he's doing it for attention or she's doing it for attention. No, that's, a, that's, that's garbage. Uh, what they want to that's do is... Garbage. Yeah. I, I, I would submit, I guess, from my own experience and talking to my psych, is that people don't want to die but they do feel that there is no other choice and it's a legitimate and reasonable way to escape the pain if you think that there is no it's like leaving a room if that room is full of pain and death uh it's almost like leaving that room ironically is the way to escape death and pain if that makes any sense right well
1: like the unknown is is better than what you're experiencing because it's just it's torturous and you just feel like you can't you can't survive one more minute of it. Exactly.
0: And I can almost guarantee anyone who is, let's just say, you know, from my experience, let's just say anyone who has not experienced it directly or, you know, only through maybe friends or or the news or something, every single thing that they've ever suggested to me as to what my younger self could have done or or someone they knew, they've all been thought of thus far. I have not yet heard an original uh, thing about, oh, have you tried this or have you tried Talking to someone, or have you tried this, or running, or you know, being happy, or uh, looking for another way, or traveling the world—every single one of those options is already considered by, I would say, someone who genuinely is considering suicide as an option. Even though I don't support their their, their obviously that move, but at the same time, it's understandable given the amount of horrors that someone can can go through.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah I would I'll, imagine two people yeah. that care about someone who is considering suicide. Yeah. Um, Of course, they want to um, explore every option, and at the same time, the person who is so desperate and so so they're tortured every day. I would think that you know they live it every second, so of course they have thought about every option. I mean, it's it's like they're obsessed with it, probably. So they have probably searched every option, and they haven't they haven't given you know every every moment has been devoted to finding a solution or an alternative to
0: killing themselves. That's beautifully said, and this is why, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, why Boss Briggs is invited onto my podcasts. Why she accepts, I still don't know, but I'm honored that she comes on, so that's uh, great. I don't either. <laughs>
1: <That's fine.
0: laughs> I knew it. Pompous, what are you doing in here? Go back and have your ice cream. I'm finished. Give me more. Give me more. Pompous, what do you want, Eagle? I knew I couldn't keep his mouth shut. Pompous. I kept it shut for a little while while he was eating the ice cream. So that would you plan eh, bitches? Yeah, I Fine, I don't want ice cream. No, I do, give it to me. Give me a donut. Yeah. Ooh, donuts. <laughs> Pompous, I don't have any.
1: Pompous. Uh, okay, Leave. so getting back to when you were sixteen, yep. I'm curious about um, Okay, there's the bus is coming and you're you're thinking you're going to do it. What was going through your mind before, during and after and what what was the thought that made you pull back at that last
0: minute? Alright, so it was uh well, the sheer and utter pain of existence by that time. And, I, I mean, it, it'll take me, you know, hours to go through even 10% of oh, yeah. of that pain. So, if anyone reads the let's book. Just, well, that, yeah, that's assumed. Let's just say it's assumed. Yeah, let's just that say it's assumed. Beautiful. Yeah. RealSpeakingHuman.com, everyone. There's your plug. Um, you always like to plug. Oh, Auntie May, I love to plug. Auntie May, get out of here. So, yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Um, anyway, what were we saying? Ah, uh, yes. So, the thought was uh, relief. Relief that... Uh, irrespective of leaving a mutilated body because that was important as an adolescent uh, to not leave a mutilated body uh, I thought uh, there was yeah. going to be relief coming but at the time uh, as opposed to now I was actually religious and uh, I wasn't sure whether I would be going to uh, heaven uh, if I had uh, proceeded with the suicide All right. and so I decided at that point not to take the risk and rather spend time in hell which actually further increased my hatred um, of of uh, of whatever God that was, that was forcing me to be on this planet at the time. Right, right. It was like you were being peer pressured into staying by God, like you have to stay there. Yeah, exactly. Into your life sentence. Yes. Yes, that's exactly right. It was a prison. It was a celestial prison, um, enforced by an undying jail warden. That's that's how it seemed at the time. I'm not here to tell people that's what religion is or anything like that. That's how it felt at the right. time. Yep. So so you, when the bus was coming towards you, you pulled back because you thought God might damn you to hell? Was that, was that the main thought? Yeah, it was the main thought. And I was also wasn't sure which Jesus was the correct one, because at that point, I'd already had been a practicing uh, Catholic quite intensely uh, for a long period of time, and then uh, had uh, begun my year of Protestantism. And so, of course, uh, that was quite interesting to discover that uh, two sects of, of that Abrahamic faith 2.0, as I call it. Uh, Abraham 2.0, uh, that one uh, really was not as unified as I actually naively thought it was growing up.
1: Yeah, and Catholicism really does uh, put a lot of guilt on people for just any really emotion or humanity, it seems like, to me, growing up
0: i Yeah, I'd, I'd love to have my brother's input on that. For anyone who doesn't know, my brother Tad, who is leading something called The Australian Con- Discussion, hence the name Tad, thanks to Jaded, is uh, the exact opposite of me. He just like the Hitchens brothers. He is a uh, studying to be a Catholic priest, um, and at the same time, unbelievably intelligent, which is, seems like an oxymoron to some atheists out there, which I can understand. But no, believe it or not, uh, he's amazingly intelligent. You can catch him on Periscope, to, uh, if you don't take my word for it, which I don't want you to. He's brilliant. There you go, he Boss Briggs. And he's conservative. There you go. He's uh, he's on your side. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I think he's so smart. No, <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm walking into my classroom now. Do you want to put it on pause and then come back? Yep. Um, All right. Because well, there's
1: going to be some background
0: noise. Yep. Cool bananas. Let's take a break. Thank you very much, my dear. All right, guys. Here is our break. YouTube, Gabsmacked, G-A-B-S-M-A-C-K-E-D. And, um, oh, Auntie Mae, do you want to tell us any more? R.E.S. Oh, darling's RealSpeakingHuman.com love. Oh, that's very kind of you. Now send me those hot men. What? I never promised any hot men. Oh, I must have been dreaming. Wink, wink. Cool bananas. Hey, everybody. So just before Boss Breeze comes back online for our next segment, uh, I'm just going to continue with a few things that we said in Wednesday Wisdom. One of those being that the doc's response was that, you can have situations where trauma can actually cause your body to shut down which is exactly what happened in the last year before the suicide Uh, and it happened slowly it was almost like the peripherals of the body the fingers the feet etc started to become as though they weren't my own almost like you're trying to turn off a light switch with a stick so you have to use an an extra you know tool to to shut down the stick to shut down the light switch which uh, isn't you know part of your body And slowly but surely, more and more of the body became not mine uh, until I reached the point where I was so not into reality that it was an actual, almost a dream state. At that point, it's almost impossible to talk to anyone about what your intention is. And so it's so important to pick up those signs in yourself if you're you're someone who's already tried or thought about it or tries to escape through medication or, or drugs or weed or anything else without therapy. Or you don't trust doctors or you, you know, all the, all the normal things that are understandable that, you know, reasons that you would have to not want to face these things head on. Um, it's important to catch yourself before that happens because once once you start, you, more and more of your body starts to feel like it's not your own and you start to increasingly feel as if you're living in some sort of fantasy, uh, you will reach a point where it, the, of no return and that is extremely dangerous and it is not something you want to do despite the pain of living. And the reason is because of the amount of people you don't know that you're going to help in the future. And if I, 12 years ago, was successful, um, so I guess I owe it to Honest Joe, Dad Honest Joe, for, uh, for saving uh, me, um, merely for the fact that uh, I'm now here spreading this podcast to how many hundreds of people, uh, at some of whom perhaps will be able to make better choices in life uh, via options that are in this podcast that they would not have had available to them prior to listening to it. And there you go. So pretty soon we'll have Boss Briggs back on, and we'll see you in that segment.
1: Josh? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, I, I don't have direct experience myself. I'm feeling this way, but um, I have had friends who um, either felt that way or they had someone in their family um, either attempt it or be um, and I do not even like the were successful. I guess go through with it, you know? Um, and so the things that you're sharing, I think would be helpful to people, in in, uh, in dealing with someone who is, is that desperate and that um, is contemplating it, you know, because they don't know what to say. And so what would you suggest to people around them? Is there anything that they can do or is it, there, is it just out of their hands? Oh, crap. That's
0: a good question. Uh, is there anything anyone else can do? I guess the only way I can think of answering that is to say what could someone have done in my case? Um, all, right. all right. Well, the the answer doesn't, I guess the question needs to be modified because based upon my current understanding after everything I've been through, it's not one particular thing. There's, there's hundreds of variables that lead to this uh, you know, decision that someone feels they need to take. And I guess what one can do is as long as uh, – they can do a lot of prevention. So maybe many years earlier is to provide somehow reasons – to live for those persons uh, that help negate some of the negativity they're going through. So, you know, in my case as, as an artist, my issue was that society was, from the age of two to three, uh, constantly being stripped away from me piece by piece. And uh, if you imagine all the reasons to live like a huge onion with a million layers, each layer was getting peeled off one by one, each time someone treated me like I had leprosy, each time a group would turn their back to me. Uh, each time they 'd move away, I, I kept noticing more and more from that age that there was something in my mind what I thought w- was wrong with me uh, uh, and so not knowing that I did have some advantages uh, was something that made made the other side grow over time, um, increasing ostracization uh, so for example, in my case, um, I used to growing up, I used to dodge pens, and now to anyone else, it would look like I was moving spastically or spasmatically uh, around the room Mm -hmm. because they wouldn't notice that I was deliberately trying to avoid pens. Uh, So in that particular case, uh, you know, it could be explained to a younger version of me that, look, avoiding those pens, you're doing it for this reason. Uh, This is why maybe that you're feeling this way. I can tell you that this is how other people might see it because the artist doesn't understand that people can see things differently. They automatically assume that people would understand why you're dodging pens. Yeah, yeah. And, Can you explain more about the pens? Because I felt like the book um, glossed over that and um, I didn't understand it until I asked you more about it. So whenever someone had a pen with a lid off the pen, my brain would feel, I guess, to use that word, as if there were some sort of laser beams coming out of the pens and I could not pass in front of that beam because I would, my body would feel the pain as if a laser beam was hitting me at that point. Yeah. Almost like, almost like if someone has a blowtorch and they're not putting the, the flame directly onto your skin, but it's close enough that you can feel
1: the heat. Yeah. Now, did you? Did you? Um, I mean, because now you've come to realize that that's that's not you know reality. So, did you did, did you invent it in your mind because it was like a kind of a fun game to play, and then it got a little bit scary, or do you always feel that way? Do you remember?
0: I only remember feeling that way. I don't remember making it up. I I remember yeah. feeling that way before pens. I had come across pens, so you know, uh, wow. in, yeah, in grade five it was pens, but before that, uh, it was the cracks on the ground. So I couldn't step on them. So when I would walk home, I would deliberately be skipping every single crack in the ground possible. Right now, is that, is that related to OCD a little bit? Do you think? Yeah, it's it's. Definitely. Well, I'm sure it's a combination. Uh, you know, OCD and, and autism sometimes can go hand in hand, or quite often. And so, whether or not it's specifically based on one, or whether it's a you know a combination of the two, uh, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, I wonder too if it might be part
1: of the savantism too, because even now you have to have your brain so active to to be to be productive. And so, I can see walking to school would be. Uh, boring for the young, honest mind. So you, you're make, you would be making up some type of, I don't want to call it a game, but just something to, to um, occupy your mind or to challenge your mind at, this, at the time and sometimes something like that can get out of control.
0: Well, it's my funny you say that because, hypothesis. no, I mean, look, it's an interesting hypothesis because two days ago I was saying on Periscope that uh, my mind up until the age of 23 was in control of me, not me in control of it. And it it was a constant hallucination, not understanding the difference in past and present with past memories traumatizing me, you know, even if there was a space of 10 years between the present and those memories, uh, it would affect me as if it had just happened a minute ago and I would still feel the shaking in my body or the anxiety, um, which is also consistent with severe trauma. And, And then like you say, severe trauma plus having a savant brain can probably magnify that, you know, to an extreme scale.
1: Yeah, it makes it so overactive. I mean, and then and, and just, I mean, going through the trauma in itself is horrific. And to have to re um, experience it every single day at every moment, and you never know when that's coming. Plus, combine that with being ostracized. Plus, be, your mind has to be occupied. I mean, you were dealing with so much, Kathy. I mean, I, I feel like you're such a survivor. I can't even stress that enough. Um, but when we talk about it more, I'm just, I'm almost like, I'm stunned how much you went through.
0: Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, apparently, Boss Briggs is stunned, and for me, it doesn't seem like much. But uh, I guess uh, you have to think that way, because um, if I did think like you did uh, – well, I did, and I guess that's what actually led us closer and closer to that death. Um, and I'll talk about that in All my right. next uh, in the next segment, uh, uh, which will come up right now. And don't forget, guys, YouTube, GabSmack. Subscribe to YouTube. See you soon. So it yeah, it brings me to the next thing, which is as I got older, there were there were I, I started trying more and more extreme scenarios. So one of them was not too extreme, but one of them was where I would spend my lunches in the toilet cubicles to stay away from human beings. Because by then, the, the noise was just too much, plus the abuse and everywhere I walked in school, it was just became a nightmare. But uh, what I decided to do was actually count the days, three hundred and sixty five, until I was on a plane at the end of twelfth grade in nineteen ninety eight in November to go over to my mother and father's amazing Mediterranean homeland, the Jewel of the East. Some people call it Lebanon. I call it the Jewel of the East. Uh, and uh, yeah, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, it was a good point I want to bring up there. I actually thought, right, that perhaps I was in the wrong country. So having undiagnosed autism means that you're going to look for so many solutions that you're not even, even going to look for the solution that's obvious, which now it's, oh yeah, autism, it's like not a big deal. Back then it's like, oh, no, no, I'm just in the wrong country. Genetically, I'm not suited to be here, <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> which sounds so extreme. And
1: you were always a scientist, so I mean, yeah. you were trying every option.
0: Exactly, every option, and, and mimicking human behavior with so many different groups over the years had led to the same disaster at each point, so we're eliminating variable by variable. And we then reach a point at age 17. This is now 14 years of experimentation. Uh, you know, that's, yeah. as I say, that's more than what a physicist does to get a PhD or become a professor. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, You're yeah. you 24 hours a day and that's just like work days, you know, work hours.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, sometimes I did sleep, but yes, apart from that, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and then trying the Middle East. I mean, but that was, that was, that was just a horror because, uh, you know, having family I had just met. Uh, in many cases, start to stop talking to me piece by piece once again. It was almost like right. this demon that had been hunting me down from Australia had found me on the other side of the world.
1: It makes me sad because you're, you're such a wonderful person and for people to, to, to reject you and you didn't know why. And I understand why they might have, and
0: that, but, but just to know that you went through that and stuff, it just it makes me sad sometimes. Ah oh, look, look I mean and 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 yes, it does make you sad, but at the same time to, to the fact that we can come back from that uh, and uh, and repair the relationship with those people as well as make this podcast and be friends and, and learn so much from each other and help the world at the same time, i I, I just can't see that as anything other than on balance a positive thing. Yeah, that's um, very true. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not under the illusion. I think in Western society, there's a lot of us sometimes can fall under the illusion of wanting to be happy, where somehow happiness is mm-hmm. is, is, is a legitimate or honorable pursuit. I would say meaning is more important than happiness. Meaning, um, yep. yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we can't control when happiness comes. In fact, I would dare say if we're going to focus on happiness, then we're going to be miserable because everyone you know and love is going to die or get sick or both. Yeah. Um, and so we need to be ready for those situations and that's why to me, meaning through suffering, so suffering can, can provide meaning uh, as we're doing right now. I mean, we we are becoming, I guess, you know, through no choice of our own um, beacons in a way to help other people, to help them avoid going through such pain, I mean, what, are you, what are your thoughts? Right, well,
1: and everything you just described, we move through all that and if, if even you help one person, that does bring happiness to someone else and maybe to
0: yourself. Yes. Well, yes, I would say happiness is, is like the cherry on top. Absolutely. And when it comes, you know, you enjoy it for the, for the time that it's there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until the next cherry. <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, I lost my cherry a long time. My auntie may get out of here. Goodness me. <laughs> Terrible. Okay, so the, that, uh, what, what time do you have there? I want to make sure I, um, I get back. That's cool. Uh, it's ten oh seven PM here, so eight oh seven AM your way. Okay. Okay, about ten more minutes. All right. Cool. Um, okay. So the um, so, so do you want to talk about the, the the Wednesday wisdom a little bit? The doctor, what you talked about with him? It was beautiful what we spoke about there. Uh, he was mentioning to me. He was talking about the importance to generate positive tickets, and I've sort of touched on this. Uh, in you know, I made an autism video on YouTube two years ago, I think, or a year and a half ago, called The Purpose of Enjoyment. It's something along those lines, where as an autist, you actually don't realize that you physically need to do things that are just fun and for no other reason. Yeah,
1: I think it. I think it's called Purpose of Fun because you didn't realize what the purpose of fun was before.
0: Exactly, yes. And, and it is important for those with autism out there to realize that there is a logical reason for it. It's not just something that seems irrational that people go do and it makes no sense. Even though that's also true, right. <laughs> um, it, it's yeah, it's important to do things that because those emotional recharges that you get are the reason I would submit that neurotypicals might not fall into depression as much as those who are, let's say, atypical for whatever reason, autism or bipolar or any other sort of uh, condition that wouldn't allow them to, you know, experience pure enjoyment for for its own sake.
1: Right. And then, you know, the, all the isolation that goes along with
0: that, that can make it worse. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the, the obvious elephant in the room I didn't even bring up, the elephant of isolation. Absolutely. And and I have learned to not uh, grab attention from other people to find other ways to actually satisfy right. that. But at the same time, that is a burden which some people don't, or I would say, a lot of people don't have to experience to that, to that level. Right. Uh, now, I don't know if that's true or not, uh, but... I dare say that the oldest is definitely at risk of being ostracized to the point where it actually is mentally and physically debilitating for them, especially because it starts at such a young age.
1: Right. And it's, it's almost like, you know, like, why bother with, with humanity or why bother with humans? Because they're just going to reject you. And I'd, I'd rather just do this math problem.
0: Yeah, I can I can absolutely see that. I mean, I've seen you know, people I haven't met, but just on documentaries, et cetera, where someone might have autism and, and, they're, and they're just intelligent, not not at a, at a savant level, but just having autism and having an enough intelligence is enough for them to be rejected to the point where they focus on one particular topic and they can become an amazing expert at that topic. Right. Uh, but yes, it does still cause balance loneliness. And, and everything balanced is always best. And so, you know,
1: focusing on...
0: Focusing on anything, even if it is a positive pursuit, can be isolating. Uh, yeah. Well, well it's, maybe it's symbiotic. Like one, 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 one sort of propagates against the other uh, where, you know, yeah. they've been ignored, so they turn to something else, which in, which in turn ostracizes them further. Uh, you know, I I remember right? showing codes on my calculator at this day where we were supposed to meet girls because we went to a boy school and they hooked us up with these girls at a girl school, the sister school, whatever it was, and the girls were specifically yeah. saying to, to my face, like you're a, you're a loser, you're you're hopeless, you're never gonna get a girl, you're, and and I mean these aren't big deals now as an adult, but when you're fifteen and sixteen, and girls say that it's to you. Yeah, it is It is basically the end of your, your life at that age, and, and you do, that's once again, that's another part of your psyche that gets destroyed, and you just get, I would, I definitely call that brain damage, and, and I'm not blaming them, they're, they're just kids, they don't know what they're doing. Um, as I heard someone say, Mel Rax, one of our patrons, she said, kids are learning to be kind and mean at the same time. I thought that was quite brilliant. Yeah, that's true. They're, I mean, kids are learning who they are at the same time that you are. So you probably see that as a school teacher better than most people, I dare say.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I spend so much time teaching my my kids, and they're young; they're six, five and six years old, how to interact with each other and how to show empathy for each other. Um, I'm obsessed with it because I, I I I know as they as they grow up, especially there are more and more pressures on them to um, excel and get good grades and get in the right college and meet the right person and, and uh, there's just no one spends the time to just teach them how to interact with someone else on a, just a person to person level. So, um, I, I feel like I want to get them while they're young that way. And I've had kids that come back to me like in middle school, high school and say, I still remember that song you taught us. Or I still remember that, that, uh, handshake game that we did. And they're always the things that they remember are always related to connecting to, um,
0: their peers, Aww. which I think is, is uh, interesting. Now those are some cool bananas, my dear. Hey, boss Briggs. That's why you're my my (laughs) daughter. That's right. Thanks, Eagle. Keep making your school great again. (laughs) Eagle, I think you've been in Australia too long. Your accent. Hey, don't knock my accent now. Coming soon. Now he's gonna sound like he's like from Georgia, and then he's also like a valley girl. Yeah, that's what he does. Oh my God. Ah, sexy Mexi. I love it, Eagle. He's so he's so strong. You know, it's hey. Hey, you. Uh, yeah. Oh, I think Eagle's <laughs> uncomfortable with that. No, no, no. I got nothing wrong with that. You know, it's just like, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> he doesn't know what to say. Yeah, he's not sure. <laughs> Pumping. <laughs> loser Eagle. What did you say, Popus? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. So uh, the the positive tickets. Tell tell us about that. Well, he said, for, in my case, it's the smells that remind me of my father's homeland uh, because at that point there is a weight on my chest that exists all my life but it does not exist when i'm over there and so when i have some sort of smell that reminds me or the garden that you know honest joe has his middle eastern mediterranean garden all of these things sort of bring those those feelings back which raise the weight off the chest and the depression subsides just that little bit and so the doctor said it's important to grab onto those as much as possible and to remember that just like it's going to oscillate, you know, your your anxiety levels, you're under a lot of stress, a huge amount of stress, and your anxiety levels, your fight or flight, it's a natural response, but in your case, they're heightened because of trauma, severe trauma. And so you have to remember that throughout the day, they're gonna oscillate. And, you know, he does provide, of course, medication, and therapy, he said, look, that's also good, but at the same time, of course, it's absolutely important to find other things to latch on to, like, you know, the garden, like you said, you like riding your motorbike, playing the piano, uh, doing your periscopes, your podcasts, these type of things are absolutely as important as doing your thesis, because without them, you physically yes. can't do the thesis. You actually become so emotionally drained that you just are unable to do anything. Right, right.
1: You'd naturally have done a lot of that before, because, like, you'll say, like... um, uh, I, I used to have a fear of heights, and so what did I do? I um, I drove trucks, you know, or something. Or I,
0: I'm afraid of crowds, so I'm going to go to Justin Bieber concert. Um, yeah, facing one's fears. At, at
1: yeah. some point, if you if you get so the anxiety gets to be too much, I can just I can see uh, the inclination to do that is getting harder and harder to, to choose that choice. You know, to make that choice to. To step out of it and go do that thing that you're scared of because yes. there's so much
0: anxiety surrounding you. It's physically debilitating. I think a lot of people who suffer severe anxiety understand that it's actually physically debilitating. And if you don't stop it in time, it is. it does take a hold and then you physically cannot move. It's like your brain is no longer under your own control, if that makes any sense. It's like your body's just frozen. You just, you're, yeah. you're stuck right there. Yeah, you're stuck. You, you, you actually are sending messages to your arms to move, but they won't move. You, you almost wow. become paralyzed. Yeah, that that's what happens in extreme cases of trauma. And and that yeah. type of pain is also another reason not to live. So so it's not a legitimate reason, and it's not a reason to actually go ahead and do anything, heaven forbid. But in other words, it's one of those layers that can get chipped away over the years um, from all of the positive layers that provide one a reason to live. Right. That's what I mean by or that. of
1: those layers of the onion.
0: Exactly, layers of the onion. That's right, that you, that you don't want you want to stay there you need them to cushion you against life because life as i've come to learn recently is quite brutal and so you need those reasons to offset uh, life being so brutal and unfair and unjust and miserable and tragic all of these things are true uh, but they can be combated with meaning absolutely
1: yeah so i mean is it like uh the layers of the onion are getting peeled away um with every traumatic event but then it but then the tickets would somehow I don't know put a different type of layer in its place
0: or yes yes that's a very good way of putting it yes that that is somehow repairing the the damaged onion uh, in a way it might not completely repair it or it it, it might be a different reason to live as opposed to one you might have had previously yes your 10 minutes are up boss briggs oh okay hey boss briggs don't you live for work to be continued Get out of here. I want some ice cream. Pompers, get lost. If you talk to me like that, you're my bitch. All right. Well, it's a pleasure to have you, um, Boss Briggs. Until next time, guys, don't forget Jennifer Briggs at Periscope. Follow her. She's an amazing human being, as are many other people I I hope to have on in the future. Thanks, Boss Briggs. We'll talk to you soon. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys. Well, that was great. It was a pleasure to talk to you guys. Wednesday, Wednesday Wisdom is uh, first time it's ever been done in this format. Most of the time, as you guys have known, it's been done on Periscope. Uh, one time it was done on my Facebook.com forward slash GavSmack. You can tune into Periscope and Autist, per, periscope.tv forward slash and Autist, A-N-A-U-T-I-S-T. And you can look up Wednesday Wisdom over there and you can let me know, provide your feedback. Don't forget, you can provide feedback with this podcast and I can answer your questions in the next cast. Pleasure to have you guys. And until next time, ooh, actually, I can do a final summary. Let's do it. Once again, guys, periscope.com. No, it's not. It's periscope.tv forward slash anautist, A-N-A-U-T-I-S-T. There's also periscope.tv forward slash gablife. If you're into science, and I, as you guys know, I or some of you know, I am currently studying a postgraduate in research into dark matter and quantum mechanics. So that's at periscope.tv forward slash gabversity, G-A-B-versity where facts don't care about your feelings a lot of great stuff happening yeah gab i'm proud of you man even though you're goddamn liberal all right thanks eagle i do appreciate that that's a compliment coming from you you better be right that is all right eagle all the best mate hey to all my mega brothers and sisters who listen to gab yeah whatever you're all losers well i don't say they're losers i say they're brothers and sisters we don't have to agree and we'll probably do another scope talking about Kanye, because as you guys know, I made some predictions uh, a year, over a year ago, uh, which were public and were correct. And that was one of the three predictions I've made thus far that have been correct. So, always a pleasure. And until next time, don't forget to take life one smack at a time at the gap smack. See you guys. Whatever. Mm. Oh, bye bye, darlings.
1: <laughs> I'm Melmo.
0: Bye bye.